0: Time for the show
1: to start. <clears throat> hey, welcome to The Heavy Hole. My name's Tom. My name is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. My name is Justin. Guys, you know this already. Yeah. How I, are you doing? I knew who it was. I knew, I knew who you were the second I walked in. What's, what's going on, everybody? How you doing? Hey, uh, Justin. Yeah. Right off the bat. What's happening? We're going to boogie with no delay to your weekend. I want to know. I'm putting you on the spot. Ooh, my weekend. How's hmm. it going? What's new? Nothing much new man
0: just trying lures out you know different lures different baits lures uh seeing what's going on just got a brand new uh, Shimano rod Speedmaster Okay
1: uh, okay is thing. that is that of Irish origin Uh Japanese the Japanese
0: they make bike brakes too yeah. okay all right. right I
1: did, if I uh, that was phonetically kind of hearing it if I saw it spelled on paper I might have gotten it right so continue Yeah Shimano uh
0: yeah, it's good uh, fishing a lot, man. Having a having a whole deal about it. Um,
1: Me, not so much. But I'm yeah. glad you're getting that. Representing for the podcast. Got to do it, man. Working on my leathery skin, like I was saying yes. last week. Yes. One of us um, has to do it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, that's pretty good. Uh,
1: you know what's you know what else, man? Washing my feet every day. You got to keep that keep Whoa, those feet I, clean. I don't want to talk about religion, uh, Tom. W- what's going on over there with you?
0: <laughs> well, I'm rather hoarse today, as I was doing some death metal vocals uh, hmm. for my project. You, I, okay. I will be releasing very soon.
1: It's very hot outside. but you, you give the horse fresh water? I,
0: you know what? I have a nasty habit of uh, thinking I'm a camel while I'm working and not using the bathroom enough, drinking too much water. Yeah. And, um, you know, I realize a discomfort, but I can't put my finger on it because I would be inconvenienced and pull away from my work. So subconsciously, I have a full bladder and um, and, a, and a throat of a dry well.
1: I have the same exact problem when I drink by myself while listening to death metal all alone.
0: Yeah, I I don't feel alone in that sentiment. You gotta pee though. It's uh, Mm -hmm. it's important to do at least once a day.
1: I uh, peed at least two or three times over my weekend.
0: Tell tell us about it. Tell me. No one cares. I'd like to know what happened outside of the bathroom.
1: Well, on my oh yeah, I'm gonna keep it there. All right, listen. Uh, Well, you know, as we all know, my weekend is also like Monday. I got a funky work week. I went over there. I got some of the free mulch you can get. They got a big industrial factory Terminator 2 Skynet factory-like setting where you can drive over there uh, to dispose of your recyclables in the township of Huntington. Right. And you can get free mulch for your property
0: it's strange that people buy mulch when you could just get free mulch
1: yeah i don't know what sort of concerns uh go into that i also don't know what sort of things go into this big huge mulcher that these guys the guys that work there shout shout to them um interesting guys um not the most sociable although there was one guy he was kind of rude the last time i was there i pulled up i pointed to the bags piled up i said can i take these he said yeah i don't care Alright, that took home, took my mulch and left. So this time at, at this time okay,
0: good. Yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. I pulled up. And I, it's the same guy, so I'm not I'm not gonna give him the how you do it. I'm not gonna g i am not going to know the guy just means business, he doesn't care, I'm just another person getting my mulch. So I'm like ready for business. I'm just gonna say hi, grab my shit and go. You know, I'm not gonna be personable with him. Right. I have my monstrosity Imperial Doom t shirt on. Uh I walk up to get the mulch, this guy's there, he looks at me, goes, Oh hey Look He's in a better mood today. I don't know. Is that a Tenacious D shirt? Now, as death metal logos go, monstrosity is not the blood incantation logo.
0: It's entirely legible. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The monstrosity classic logo is not the, uh, it's the anal birth logo. It's, you know, it's not. The, I'm trying to think of all the undecipherable logos out there. But, yeah, like, I mean, So, and it's got, yeah, and there was no, like, it's not like there was a big picture of Jack Black inside (laughs) the Imperial Doom Chamber or Mm -hmm. whatever that is, you know?
0: I'd like to imagine he's one of those guys, whenever he sees a band shirt, he just thinks it's Tenacious D. He hopes it's his
1: favorite thing. There's
0: very little discerning on his end. (laughs) It's just, hey, you like Tenacious D?
1: This is a Home Depot shirt. Well, I compromised with him. I said, no, it's a monstrosity shirt, as if you would, you know, like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, George Corpse grinder Fisher's first band, you know, like uh, yeah, I caught the interview with Lee Harrison, blah, blah, blah. No, right. yeah, but I just said, yeah, it's a monstrosity shirt. But I did, and this is a true story, I saw Tenacious D in the early 2000s play Irving Plaza. Shout out to my friend Big Josh. Uh, we went out there, so I was like, yeah, but I saw Tenacious D back in the early 2000s, man, in Irving Plaza, in New York City, and the guy... Like you would have thought, I was like, "Yeah, I saw UFOs." They told me what's going on. I got the, like I got the inner knowledge. It's all good. Like let, like let me play blood incantation for you. Like he he was like, "No way, dude. That's crazy." Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, tenacious." Dad. I was like, "Yeah, you know." Before Jack Black got all big, I saw them. Like like I felt it was like the same kind of feeling I get on the podcast talking about demos, but like it was a it was it, I managed to have a community bond like a social community interaction, you know, it was interesting.
0: Justin, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Well, that there's now, there's no limits to the friendship with the mulch guy. Now right. there's, free mulch for there's life. There's mulch coming well, in. There could be rocks, there could be different kinds of stones, maybe like full branches, maybe a bush here and there, you know, like he comes across a random bush, it looks really nice, he doesn't listen, want to mulchify I, it.
1: I don't know about random bush, I'm looking for a long-term relationship, but Justin, the thing is, there's an epilogue God, to this it. story, there's an epilogue to my whole story. Go on. I pulled up to get more mulch the next day we're mulching the whole property it's a big thing I uh, talked to you about planting the trees already <laughs> and him and his co-worker are there and you're only supposed to get 10 bags if you get more than that it's because they're not watching 10 bags per taxpayer that pulls up and i, I pull up and i'm counting i get to like nine and the, the, his co-worker they're both standing there he goes just take as many as you want man just fill them up that's that's what's up yes and i took about 15 i, w- I wasn't greedy Right. I, took, I took an extra five because I could use it and there was obviously more there, ready to go. uh Amazing. alleged, this is all allegedly. Yeah. The town of Huntington here's it. But um Chap Fibonacci, uh, you so are that, not our that, friend. That Tenacious D story and that mistaken monstrosity t shirt got me five bags of mulch. That's excellent. That's beautiful, man. Yeah.
0: I, I was just thinking of a real HBO deep cut. Was this guy leak? Ooh, good question. Was he what? So Tenacious D had a song called Lee. Oh yeah!
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It was about fucking Lee. bringing it back. Yeah,
0: fucking Lee,
1: man. Well, Whoop. we gotta get Tenacious D on the horn. Um, yeah, hold on one, one second. Time. We got him right you now. Call, call him up. Yeah. Call Jack up. Listen, uh, but tonight we have another dynamic duo. They both play guitars. They both know plenty about incredibly huge Terminator factory-like settings where mm-hmm. you might make mulch. Or they allegedly do if you've seen the new music video. I'm talking about none other than Rob Wharton and Harry Lannan, both guitarists in the band Cognitive from New Jersey. We had Rob Wharton on once before. He was such a nice guy, we're gonna bring him back. Just kidding, he's a badge. But you good? I'm good.
0: Let's get him on the mulch.
1: Yeah, I'm good. Big Will here from Heavy Hole Podcast. Joined uh, with me by joint uh, Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast. Joined by my loyal co-hosts Tom and Justin. Hi. And uh, tonight's guests are uh, loyal guitarists of the New Jersey-based death metal band Cognitive, Rob Wharton and Harry Lannon. Uh, Rob Wharton, returning guest. Harry Lannon, first time on the show. Welcome, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing, man? First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> Chilling, man. Rob, are you good? I'm good. Are you good? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm good over here. I got my co-hosts. We're recording. We got some beers. We're good. I just want to know good? if you're Is good. Justin, good. Yeah, I'm good. Hey,
2: thanks okay. for asking. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to make sure we know Tom's good.
1: Don't don't yeah. gas Justin up. Tom's not good. He's the best. <laughs> All right. We got to stop this from going off the rails, as because as I said, we're uh, Tom Rob's an old friend of the show. Uh, Rob and Harry, both old friends of mine, just from playing shows together and different things like that through the years. I'm going to try to keep this from going off the rails into just uh, uh, old school ball busting and shit talking. But um, <laughs> uh, as I said, uh, to preface when I preface the interview with you guys. Rob's been on the show. The listeners can go back and check out our interview with Rob if they missed it, um, where we talk about maybe some of his older projects and uh, uh, how he started out. We're going to do the same for Harry right now. Harry, uh, welcome to the show. And the the, the patented heavy hole question, are you from a particularly musical family, or were there people in your upbringing that um, were, were uh, into heavy metal and hard rock and kind of got you into that?
3: Uh, maybe not so much heavy metal.
1: Or hard rock, but uh, yeah, my dad, growing up, he, he's
3: still playing. He plays a uh, keyboard. Um, So I grew up around, around music my whole life. Uh, he was in and out of bands when I was growing up, so I kind of saw the lifestyle. And uh, always wanted to learn how to play keyboard. He never had time to teach me. Eventually, you know,
1: I stumbled upon Metallica and fell in love with guitar and Kind of took it from there. Uh, what kind of dad? Like cover bands or originals? What kind of? Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, a little bit of both. Um, he was in a band called Don't Call Me Francis. Hmm. Kind of big around the area, I guess. Maybe not so much up by you, but.
1: Okay, and you say the area, you're from Jersey? Yeah, yeah, it's South Jersey. Okay, yeah, we, we get into the South, North, uh, and even sometimes Central Jersey thing much all the time. Fun. We Pete from Replicant was on here, got crazy crazy. Uh, I don't want to get into it tonight, but respect to all parts of Jersey. Um, so, so you talk about you getting into Metallica, you getting the guitar. Uh, here's the other um, patented question: Tell me about that very first guitar. Was it glamorous or not? Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't. <laughs> um,
3: I had to. You know, I was like pulling teeth trying to get my dad to <laughs> buy me a guitar. You know, when I was younger, because um, as a kid, you know, you get into something, you're into it for. A week or two to spend a bunch of money and you never do it again but uh he finally broke down brought me to a music store i got a ibanez geo i think it was like 150 bucks 200 bucks or something like that it's a great starter yeah actually i mean better than squire which i got for christmas from relatives every year after
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know because i'm in, into guitar so that was the easy the
1: easy out shit? Well, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you say that your dad um, didn't teach you to play keys. He was hesitant on getting the guitar. Do you think that maybe he was trying to steer you away from the music industry or from some experiences that he might have had or something like that? uh, I don't think so. I think he was just
3: super busy. Like he would teach me little things here and there, but nothing really to get me, you know, my feet off the ground.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I want to chime in and say his dad is awesome at, at keyboard and plays a mean side keyboard,
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should get he him does. on, man. Get get him in there. Get him in the mix.
2: Uh, we-, we try and, I I, I can say, me and Harry go try and see him, you know, whenever his cover band, you know, when things were normal, we would go watch him play and stuff like that as much as we can.
1: Oh, so, so your your dad, uh, Harry, continues to-, to play well into his adult life, uh, even yeah. now.
3: Yeah, uh, the past couple of years, he actually kind of, he stepped away from it for a while. And now he's, you know, he's like a little kid. He's up till three in the morning playing again, (laughs) you know, at at the ripe
1: old age of 60. Wow. Now, so I don't want to skip ahead. We'll we'll come back to to younger Harry, but. What does he think of you now having gone and spent the last several years traveling, not just the country, but the world, really, and, and playing uh, uh, an instrument um, and, and performing gigs? I mean, yeah, he's he's super proud. He, you know, he
3: just sits there and brags to all his friends like I'm some famous musician making <laughs> buku bucks, but we all know. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, he's, he's cool with it. He... Can't stand my music, but you know, yeah, yeah, he's old school. Wants me to listen to classic rock and you know Genesis and Rush and all that,
1: which are all great. But yeah, he wants me to play that shit. Yeah, well, maybe maybe a few years you'll you'll slow down and you guys will meet in the middle somewhere, man, and start that family band up. Um, or or maybe maybe cognitive will mellow out. Who knows, man? I don't know. But um, see, now I'm getting back into the ball busting again, man. I gotta stop. So Harry. Young Harry, you get that geo, uh, you get a steady supply, it sounds like, of squires yearly. <laughs> yeah, um, I got him on tap. do you do you take lessons or are you kind of like self taught or just that dad, dad gives you some basics <laughs> and you go running? Or no, I was uh, Rob
3: wants me to tell the story
1: so bad. I do, I do, to, I, do.
3: <laughs> I was waiting for this to happen. Um, <laughs> Well, no, I didn't take lessons. It was just kind of everyone everyone I knew in school kind of got to a certain point. Everyone was playing guitar, picking up an instrument, kind of. So we just bounced ideas off of each other and just kind of learned from each other. Um, it wasn't until later that I took lessons when I went to college because I went for music, which I later regretted, but uh, it, it kind of made me hate music, in a way, for a short period, just because I was going there and learning jazz and all kinds of things that, you know, I just wanted to play thrash, death metal, and it it just kind of turned me off, learning the whole music theory thing. But, uh, no, yeah, Rob wants me to tell the story when I got punished when I was 16 for uh, being publicly intoxicated and brought home by the police, and... (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I get brought home by the police. I'm playing ping-pong with my body off the walls while they wake up my dad on the couch. And uh, <laughs> they up, my, dad, my dad punished me for, I think it was three months. I wasn't allowed to do anything but go to school, do my homework. No video games, no TV, nothing. But the only thing he let me keep was uh, playing guitar.
2: <laughs>
3: he, he actually let me do that. So... I didn't see anyone for three months, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm come out of my room, sweep picking. Yeah. What's up, friends? And, uh... I'm shredding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Allegedly, allegedly. So, <laughs> do you not recognize me with all these riffs? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so I've heard
2: the story from like his close friends back in the day. They're like, "Oh no, no, no! Harry used to like stink, and then he got grounded like really bad, and he came out from groundment and he was like killing it, dude." <laughs>
0: Sometimes it. the law just does that to a man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep.
1: man. It's I like it's like, it's like people who go to jail and they get a master's degree. You know, it's, it happens sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of like that. I wish I got punched more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now uh, you mentioned Metallica. We didn't really get, and you mentioned thrash and death metal. But tell us a little bit about your journey from the more commercial and accessible metal bands to like underground death metal.
3: Um. Well, like I said, just all the people I was hanging around with were, you know, I I started out with like Metallica, Slayer, you know, Megadeth, Judas Priest, all that kind of stuff. And uh, Ozzy Osbourne was a big one. That was one of my first CDs my dad gave me. Um, But yeah, over time, you know, people are bringing around cannibal Corpse and, you know, dying fetus and uh, morbid angel and all that kind of stuff. And it it just was a slow bleed you know some of the some of the lyrics and like vocals and stuff at first I I wasn't re- ready for I guess but they grew on me over time <laughs> yeah no, now, I know the I, feeling I, I'd say that was no no disrespect it was just you know it's one of those things that I you know some people some people seem to be like that I can relate you know, I can relate have to wean yourself into it I definitely I I, was. I, I, did, it. I love it now. It's just
1: back then that was just such a foreign thing. I was not ready for Butcher to Birth in seventh grade. <laughs> um, I remember that. But um, so, well, kind of what I'm getting to is if I got it right, Harry, I believe you joined Cognitive in 2015. Uh, but you had been around in a few different groups. I don't know that you had you could you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know that you had recorded much output. But you had been with uh, Single Bullet Theory, I see, for a few years. And yeah. also, I found this interesting. Did you allegedly do time in the band Blasphemous?
3: I did. Yeah, I uh, I joined as the second guitarist, and um, eventually, you know, the only remaining founding member was Ron Kaiser. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out to
2: Ron. Shout out to Ron.
1: Shout out to Ron Kaiser. Shout to Ron. Shout out to Ron. <laughs> um,
3: yeah. So it's, it just kind of seemed like, you know, it was one person after another. We were there was a revolving door, and uh, yeah, yeah. Next thing I knew, I was the second longest standing member of the band. Wow. And, uh, you know, none of the material was my own. We didn't know where to go from there, so I just started writing you know, whatever I could, and kind of took the band in a different direction. Um, unintentionally, it was just, you know, my influence were different. Kind of ended up being like a black and thrash band, more so than a black metal band. Uh, but you didn't record anything with them, right? No, we had, we did go into the studio and record, and it was like, essentially just ended up being like pre-pro, nothing really yeah. ever came of it the band ended up kind of falling, falling apart when the drummer moved away. And yeah. uh, that's kind of where it was left. Um, and then, like you said, I was in Single Bullet Theory, and that's kind of where I got my, you know, cut my teeth with touring. And that was one of the main reasons why I joined that band was, you know, they wanted to go out and tour, and I was hungry to kind of start doing that. Um, so I ended up leaving Blasphemous spent a couple of years with single bullet theory um, and then uh, you know I had certain side projects uh, Depletion was one uh, probably never heard you know we only played a few shows but uh, yeah I ended up uh, talking to Rob one day um, when Jake was leaving the band um, they had just or they were about to go on their first US tour and he was asking to see if i could fill in and you know it was such short notice couldn't do it and uh when they when they came back rob hit me up again and asked if i'd want to try out or join the band or you know so i went to a couple practices learned a few songs and you know the rest is history
1: yeah and what i wanted to ask too is when you're when you're kicking around the scene and blasphemous and later in single bullet theory and other bands you were in are you um, playing shows with Cognitive? Are you watching Cognitive live? Like, is there an existing kind of like friendship be- before any talk of you joining the band? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I,
3: I wasn't super great friends yeah. with any of the guys in Cognitive, but, you know, I, I knew them as acquaintances. I was out watching, you know, their shows and stuff when they first put out the Heart Swarm. Um, yeah. I mean,. Yeah, I was. And, I was there Harry from almost kinda,
2: day one. Me and Harry kind of knew each other even prior from playing shows, like back in the day when he was in another band, like called Kill the Evidence, was the name, mm-hmm. and uh, another pissed. band called Sheeran. Yeah, but well, we had known each other from then, but like we didn't like really know each other. So, South Jersey scene.
0: So, uh, what's it like to really know each other? Well. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I hate you. Rob. I hate so you don't have
0: to answer that. I'll edit it out.
2: <laughs> Allegedly it out.
3: We'll see. No, nah. I mean it's it all worked out. I mean Rob's one of my best friends, uh, so I'm um, happy where I'm at now in the band and everything. It's it's been what five years,
1: maybe six. So six, no. something like that. When you when you get when you first joined the band now. You, you, you said you, you joined Single Bullet Theory and you played some tours and, and did some traveling with them. When you, when you get into Cognitive, because here's the thing. I know uh, Rob and Cognitive going back um, uh, uh, quite a way, I, I guess, at this point in the band's history. Because uh, very early on with Artificial Brain and Buckshot Facelift, you were bringing us into Jersey when we would play shows. And, and I would come see you guys uh, um, on Long Island. So I kind of know Cognitive from that era on. Here's what I'm getting at, Harry you 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 know cognitive you're watching them live that now you're asked to join in on the band what's your first take because cognitive is and Rob, like it's, it's a driven operation I mean it's it's oh, yeah. all cylinders it's very planned and meticulous at some points it can be a little it will say eccentric um, whatever's got to be done to get the job <laughs> done type of situation i want to talk about your memories from that short bus that you guys used to get around in too but that's what i'm getting at is did it seem to you like all right this band is some sort of different operation i'm getting into now
3: yeah absolutely it was uh it was definitely a, a step up um because i kind of went into it not blind so much but you know not fully committed myself i guess i was like hey you know i'll hang around i'll play some shows i'll do do what i can do see how it how it goes you know next thing i know rob sending me emails like hey can you do this uh five day tour this weekend or the following weekend and i'm like oh shit um but you know i just kind of plugged away and tried to make whatever i could happen um and you know i mean i was able to do it you know it's i don't have to tell you you know you know, it kind of puts you through the ringer sometimes,
1: but it's all yeah. worth it in the end. When you see like like we interviewed the guys from Wormhole a while back, and there's also been a number of other session players through Cognitive through the years. When you see somebody new come into the fold, do you kind of like sit back now and say like, "Oh yeah, I was there." Like, I like you're you know what I mean? Like you see somebody else start to go through the the you know oh, yeah. learn learn the rings or whatever, learn the ropes.
3: Yeah. Yeah, when someone steps in the band, you kind of just have to tell them, like, hey, this is this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to take. You know, do what you can do. Obviously, you want everyone there for every show and, you know, everything. And, um, you know, people made a lot of sacrifices to make that happen. I mean, especially, you know, we have two newer members now and uh, being Tyler and AJ and, you know, they're doing everything under the sun. You know to make this work just like everyone else and uh, you
1: know it's it's a lot to take in so I have to kind of take my hat off to him. You know a, a quick question for Rob here because talking about this topic I you know I've often looked at bands where you have kind of like um, a, a revolving door for lack of a better term of session musicians over the years to make things happen to make things work and sometimes you might look at that as a disadvantage you're always trying to find new people and everything but could it also perhaps be an advantage that you're always getting new blood and at any given time you have someone who's kind of inspired by it being a new thing in their life? Uh,
2: I, I, I think it's a double-edged sword because, like, I don't – dude, nobody wants to go through a lineup change. It's terrible. It's terrible. And you get nervous because you're like, "Is this? are we going to get along with the new guy? Is he going to be committed? Is he going to not be into it? You know what I mean? And – sometimes it works out for the better and sometimes it doesn't you know and you know i you know i have nothing to say about any uh, band to say about anyone that's ever been in the band you know what i mean and everyone's left on good terms mm-hmm. so like you know like it's hard well you know what it's like when you're on the road and you're getting a hundred dollars a night you huh. know it, it, it's brutal to always want to do it and as we get older you know some people can't do it but uh it, it definitely sucks to go through a lineup change but, uh, you know, I am happy with where the band's at now, especially, like, materializing and all.
1: Uh, well, I'm talking about material, something that's, you know, it's obviously, like, I knew it, but seeing it, I guess, written out in front of me, Harry is actually, this coming album, Malevolent Thoughts of a Hastened Extinction, uh, your new album coming out in July on Unique Leader Records, that's going to be Harry's third full-length album with Cognitive. Yep. And he wrote more material on this record than he ever has. Yeah, well, let's get into that a little bit, because your first album, Harry, with Cognitive was Deformity, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, that was the first one.
1: Um, And I believe,
3: if I'm not mistaken, that's when I joined the band. I think they had three or four songs written. Mm -hmm. So I was playing catch up to do live sets and all that kind of stuff and, uh, you know, figure out solos. And so by the time, you know, I got all called up, you know, the album was almost done. I, I believe I have. Yeah, I have one one full song on that. That's oh, mine. Two. two. Yeah, I do have two. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's got to be a like a very daunting time to join a band like yeah during the album writing it. where it's like you have all that catch up like you said and then you got to jump on it so it's like right. double duty
2: and then that was the record that ended up get you know got assigned a unique leader too as well you know
1: yeah
3: because <laughs> I joined too. <yeah>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks harry <laughs> well um and also i mean that because that speaks to, if i got it correct generally speaking for the majority of material over the years now, Harry, you're, you kind of play the lead guitar role, and Rob, you play the rhythm role, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah I'll uh, I contribute what I can here and there, riff-wise, but honestly,
1: I don't know what's what's up in Rob's head, but that dude just pumps out riffs, like, <laughs> daily. <laughs> yeah, I, I every once in a while, I, I get keyed into what's up in that dude's head, man. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> So, and, and now we talked a little bit about, like, the touring cycle. When you when you jump on, like, what were some of the first big tours you did with Cognitive, and how long were they?
3: Uh, I don't know if it was the first tour or not, but Rob, I guess, was it the full U.S. that I did? That was right before uh, Deformity came out. I think we got the call from Unique Leader while we were out on the road, but it was 33 days across the uh, entire U.S.,
2: And it was just us there was no support band so you know every night had locals on it and all
1: Uh, which was cool harry you ever been you ever been out for that long at that point
2: oh no oh no
1: Hmm.
3: yeah that that was a big one (laughs) and that's really when i figured out what was up you know not a five day or a weekend yeah you know a week
1: that was uh but you know i fell in love with it so and was that with that short uh, school bus that you guys had converted yet, or was that not till later? Yeah, that was. I think was that that was the first. Was that the first tour with
3: it?
2: We might have did like a weekender or something before it, but that's I think that was like the. That's before we had the bunk beds. Remember that shitty seat? Oh my god! Yeah, we we, we went through <laughs> the thing with that one, man. But yeah, we that was the that yeah no AC, no AC at all.
1: Oof.
3: You know, driving through the desert, uh, 127 degrees or something.
2: <laughs> it it was literally it. like 127, like heat index or something. The, the one day, it was bad. It was and really I was bad.
3: Most, I think I was the most hungover I've ever been in my life that day. I thought I was going to die in the desert. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hell of
0: a way to amplify it. Did you guys ever have any radiator problems when you're driving through? Like. Taking oh, a bus yeah. from Jersey and then going through the desert like that—I know.
2: I Have any issues in the desert? Thank God, knock on oh, wood. Yeah. But I mean, we've definitely had plenty of issues with our vehicles. Yeah, <laughs> trust me on that one. No, yeah, I remember. Nothing- you know, the fir-
0: um, Rob, first time you came on the show, we talked about that uh, kind of at length, and uh, yeah. Yeah I didn't I didn't think about that the whole radiator fan in the in the desert that's a hell of a way to get fucked <laughs> it was, it's almost a blessing you did not have AC because that would have been putting more stress on Oh you yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: no we uh we got lucky as far as like desert breakdowns and stuff like that
1: desert breakdowns is that that's like a new genre yeah i like yeah. that <laughs> it's like it's like Kaya meets acacia strain or something i don't oh, know
0: didn't want to let my secrets out yet yeah
1: you e- <laughs> spilled your beans uh, It's eating right. sand that's yeah. what it's called if you're eating it but getting getting back to eating beans driving through the desert sand on tour um so now just catching us up to speed um the next album after that is uh Matricide, if i pronounce it correctly Um, take us into a little bit of of the the writing for that Uh,
2: I'll let Harry handle that
3: one uh oh (laughs) you're gonna let me handle that one um I mean as far as deformity uh, I was definitely more more involved with the riff writing not I mean if I had to you know give it a percentage it's probably still Rob 75 80% me about 20 and then uh you know, obviously, I put my leads and stuff on it, but it was. I think Harry.
2: More, Harry had more to say, like songwriting wise. Like I would, I think that record, I still wrote a lot of the stuff. Uh, Harry, I think he wrote like one and a half songs, but like Harry was like, "No, repeat that or don't do that huh. more than he had ever done in the band before." Huh. I think Dude, it was like a the help. thing,
3: the thing with those first two records that I was on, as I was still trying to get used to. You know, being in cognitive, I didn't want to write something that was out of pocket for cognitive, which nowadays kind of seems like anything is in pocket for cognitive as long as it, you know, doesn't suck. But huh. um, you know, the writing was was a lot easier. It seemed um, things kind of fell into place. We were trying different things. Uh, it was a little more techie, actually, very much more techie to me. Um, and not as like Mashuga ignorant slam kind of riffs. Like there, I, I think we explored a little more of a songwriting aspect and tried to see where it, where it went. Wow. Um, and we also had uh, a new drummer. And was that that was Ian's second? Know, his that was the second album, yeah. Um, which he had fretless on. So that was a new a new uh, territory that we were scratching
1: into. Well, that's what I want to get at because with Ian and the fretless bass and Armin on drums, um, I mean, there's, there's that element. There's the element of it being Harry's second album, um, with, with the band. I want to get to the bottom of, was it intentional to make Matricide a little bit more progressive and techie, uh, than deformity?
3: I don't know if it was the intention, um, I think we were just more open to explore what we could do, especially with the new members, everyone's influences. And, you know, that's that was the first big lineup change that I had went through. Yeah. From deformity to matricide. So I think it was just kind of
1: everyone coming together, just throwing ideas around. And that's, that's kind of what came out. Well, that, that was a big lineup change uh, in my recollection. Wasn't Armin the first drummer after Mike? Yes. yes. Yeah, and I always think of Mike. Well, Mike was the, the 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 original drummer from when I started becoming aware of cognitive and playing shows with you guys. He
2: was the original. Drummer, yeah. Okay.
1: So. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um did she want to jump in? <laughs> I, I Do know, we s- have guests. Yeah. You guys? Did you Should guys? Do you guys bring a guest? Uh, I'm sorry. That's all good. <laughs> no, nah, my my girlfriend just walked in. No, nah, I, I said I asked you if she wants uh, to jump in. We'll, we'll see if she's from a musical family. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So, um, talking about Matricide there. Um, now, when we talk about the new album, "Malevolent Thoughts of a Hastened Extinction," I I made the comments about how I thought Matricide was a little bit more proggy, a little bit more technical, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I don't know if that had something to do with the, the lineup changes or, or what else was going on. But when you talk about this new album, Malevolent Thoughts, what's the trajectory there? Isn't it, are you expanding on those themes? Are you kind of veering in a different direction? Like, what, what could you tell us about that? Uh, me,
3: personally, I think that it's a little bit of a step back in a good way. Like, it's, it's technical, for sure. And it's a little, you know, it's got some proggy elements to it. But I think we kind of went back to being, you know, a little bit heavier, a little bit more, you know, slamming, brutal at the same time, you know, kind of back and forth. Like we didn't completely leave, <clears throat> leave that stone unturned. We kind of went back to it a little bit.
1: Back to basics, think, as they say in New Jersey.
2: Yeah, I think, I think, I, I think what Harry said is right. I think like the songwriting is like better than it's ever been. I mean, we took her with her for sure, and everyone was like worrying about each other's parts more than ever. Like, yo, try this, try that, try this, try that, and uh, don't do this. How about this instead? And like I said, I mean, Harry wrote more for this record than he ever has, and that he wrote Any Act, which was the first single. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's our strongest stuff yet.
1: <laughs> well, easily. <laughs> Rob, you're my friend, but I don't appreciate you doing tricks on the segue. Uh, because you just brought up your brand-new single, ENIAC, and you you taught me how to pronounce it. I didn't have to jump out on a a limb and pronounce it myself, too. That's great. Um, (laughs) Your brand-new single, ENIAC, uh, the video uh, for which we do have to uh, address. um, It's on uh, YouTube. Uh, People can check it out. And I believe, if I got this right, it was directed by Tony Simone, drummer of Abiotic. Yeah, he did the graph
2: of film, the green screen footage.
1: Okay, yeah, and it's like I joked around a little bit earlier today, but it kind of looks like this dystopian, like Terminator factory type of setting. What I said, I said I got excited. It looks like there's a new Terminator movie coming out, and Cognitive's on the soundtrack. <laughs> that would be sick. I'm down. That, that's what the video looks like. No, it looks great. It's very. Um, it's 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 really uh, captivating man there's a lot going on there T- take us into that um, as much as you want to divulge uh just maybe like whose concept that was and um Tony's work has he does he done videos for other bands uh, did, you know did you guys just catch him and he was like I want to try this idea with you or what, what's going on?
2: He started, I, I don't even know how long ago, I, I don't think it, he's been doing it too long, but uh, he did the, some <coughs> videos for Abiotic, he did something for Signs of the Swarm, I think. I think he did something for his other band called Pathogenic, which is a really sick band. Um, so he like just started getting into it, I think, and I was just like, dude, like, would you want to do something for this video? And like, I just sent him the lyrics and... The sourced material for the song and all, and he just killed it. And like it was nerve wracking because you're like, you know, we're not going to be able to see this till it's done. Mm-hmm. And he just sent us the footage, and we were just like, whoa,
1: because
2: <laughs> you're not there watching him over his shoulder while he's creating everything. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, what was really interesting to me is that 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 um that kind of like uh whatever you want to call it that face uh that animated face in the in the video is kind of like doing the, the, like, miming uh, Shane's lyrics and vocal patterns.
2: It's awesome you said that because Tony motion-captured himself singing all the parts, and that's why the face actually does that.
1: (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, a lot went into that, man. That's cool, man. All right. Um, Well, we
2: discovered that because that's exactly what happened.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Justin and I were taking bets over uh, what render farm he was using. Yeah. So we'll have to catch up with him and find out where he sent that to render out. Because so that was a lot of polygons, if you know what I mean. It's a
2: quality work, for <laughs> sure. I, apparently, somebody said that that's the same exact technology that they used for God, Godzilla versus Kong. Somebody oh. said, I don't know how true yeah, that Yeah, it was made, made on a computer, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a computer. Yeah. <laughs> somebody said it on YouTube. It's a, a flip book, guys. Gosh.
1: It definitely was not claymation. I, I could tell that from a mile away. Uh, Well, we're talking about the new, uh, and the listeners can go see what we're talking about. That video uh, for ENIAC, your new single, is out there on uh, YouTube. People can peep it. Um, Now, the new album, um, it's coming out. If I got it right, I think it's July 16th, Unique Leader Records. That's Malevolent Thoughts of a Hastened Extinction. Uh, Anything else you want to tell us about this new album, conceptually, lyrically? What are you guys getting into that's maybe a little bit different from what we've seen with Cognitive in the past?
3: Um, I mean, one thing that I'm uh, finding out more and more over the years of being with Cognitive, for me anyway, is that we're always trying something new and different, so, I mean, we're just kind of feeding off our influences pretty heavy, Uh, you know, we have, you know, concept names for some of these songs just based on bands that we love, just like, yeah, this is the Decapitated song, this is you know
1: uh you know,
3: song. or, yeah. or something you mm-hmm. know what I mean um, so it's just nice that we're not you know sticking to the same thing all the time um, but still kind of keeping it all in the wheelhouse um, so as, as far as a the concept there's definitely not something along the lines of like deformity or anything you know a storyline but
2: I'm also really excited about the artwork using uh, Pedro Cena again, because when he did that artwork, we didn't even give him an idea. We sent him the the pre-production songs and told him the name and said, do whatever you want. Man, you guys are fantastic clients uh, for an artist to do. It, I just want to say,
1: <laughs> just do whatever you want. have never done that
2: before. No notes. We've never done grade. that before. And he was so appreciative and excited. Yeah, dude. Uh, it, that, it makes it makes someone want uh, like
0: want to work harder uh, because of that. Because you're like, oh shit, I can just do whatever I want. I can show off. I'm gonna put way more effort into this uh, and make sure. I, I
2: can't it. sing his praises enough. He was so like because he did our the Matrix side album art but like we loved him for doing that and he was super easy to work with and we sent him this and like the artwork got a lot of just you know appreciation on the internet already and we just we just seen him he made a video where you know some like um stills and all when he was making it and we got to post that up today but i never even seen some of it so it was really cool to watch how we did it
0: yeah it's it's a fantastic cover It really is. Like I'm looking at it right now, and there's just so much happening. Like one of the sickest death metal covers I've seen in a long time. Like no joke. Thank you. Thank you.
3: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you talk about appreciation on the internet. I something I wanted to bring up is you guys participated in what was it? The Slay at Home, uh, Internet Streaming Festival.
3: Yes, we did
1: earlier this year. Yeah, and uh, so, I I mean, I don't know, Rob, if you want to touch on that and talk about that because you're someone who I've known through the years to be constantly booking shows, booking tours, not just for your own band, but trying to get other bands through Jersey, help other bands get out there on the road, that sort of thing. So obviously COVID affected all of that for you. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on these streaming fests now that we're a year into this and shows are starting to open up. Do you think it's going to continue um, and could you speak a little bit also to this, um, uh, uh, the, the Masker merch, um, uh, sponsored fest. It's the, the stay in bed fest. Uh, what was it? Don't get out of bed. Yeah, fest. yeah.
2: So I don't think you're going to see these things continue. And it's only because, you know, at least for me, nobody in the grand scheme of things as musicians, I don't think wanted to have to do online streaming shows, mm-hmm. you know, everyone wants to be at the show and meet and everyone did the whole thing that comes with playing a show. Everyone wanted that. But when that got, you know, it wasn't possible to do anymore. Everyone's going, we can do something. No one wants to sit on their butt and not play and not give the fans something they wanted. So like, it's cool that it happened. And I'm glad that like we all found outlets to be able to do it. I don't think it's going to stick around. I won't fault anyone if they continue to do it but i don't think this is going to be an ongoing thing but uh the slay at home thing was awesome. metal injection really knocked it out of the park with all that and the massacre merch um the the don't get out of bed fest. like i think That's that lineup awesome. stack afterbirths on it shout out <laughs> uh I, i'm excited for all that but i'm really excited to get back on the road <laughs> of course more than anything i've missed i have missed that more than anything I've ever missed
0: <laughs> so someone who's like you have a lot of road experience a lot of shows under your belt I gotta ask you think do you think like with your experience that this whole like broadcasting of shows um, some of the technology is going to be implemented more often in smaller venues and stuff like um, you know it, it it might not be a streaming thing where you can see it live but like you know we've all seen um, Frank from Max Volume Silence post all those shows from Vitus. Do you think that we're going to see more of that because of venues taking initiatives to do that?
2: I've never actually thought about that, and that's a good question. It's a good thing to think about. Um, I don't know because, like, I, on one hand, you have, hey, you can't make it to the show. You can pay X amount of dollars and watch it from home. Yeah, right. that's an awesome idea. At the same time, on the on the other side of the coin is. Now you're not making people go to shows anymore. They're just going to sit home and watch. it, Right. But it's also like... What it's beneficial you're f- to the people that can't get to a show or something like that. You know, like like it's a double-edged sword, I think. I, I would almost right.
0: equate it to like a sporting event even, you know. There's usually packed houses and people are watching at home. If there's some way to figure out monetarily where that can benefit the bands as well as the venues, like it might be hopefully something that, that is explored in the future. Yeah, I, I, and Rob, I think you really n- hit the nail on the head before. Like, bands don't want to be doing that, but also yeah. it is a good thing that they are doing that. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah like Justin saying how, I, I don't know, I, I would like to see something like that implemented from smaller venues and see how it pans out because then you can have more people actively engage in a show from, like, ac- across the country. Yeah. Like, there's loads of shows I can't get to because they're, you know, they're not on Long Island.
2: Yeah. Like a right, mat- well, that's what said that there's the benefit of that. And you know what? That could even benefit the promoters that are losing money yeah. on guarantees. They're like, oh, well, we had the streaming money to come in, and, you know, that helps offset that. Like, there exactly. are benefits, too. Yeah. You
1: know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah.
2: But like I said, there is the double-edged sword of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. On a, well, on an underground level, like, that, I could see that. Like, say you throw an underground death metal show at a small local venue – You stream, maybe you make like, you know, 50, 100, a couple hundred bucks off the the streaming, the donations, whatever people do online. That goes into your guarantee for your local death metal bands that, you know, it's it's not a whole lot of money to begin with for the whole operation. Mm -hmm. Having that streaming thing, the bands don't feel like there's some other stream of revenue they're not, you know, tapping into, and it does help. I feel like once you do it to bigger venues, like, say, you know your countable corpses and your bigger bands and stuff like that. That's probably when it would get hairy because there would be so much money to be made streaming, uh, and you'd have to figure out how to divvy and all the, that up.
2: That and the turnouts are massive for them kind yeah. of shows anyway. So like that, that that's probably extra money for bands like
0: that. You right? know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. At that point, yeah. What a cool opportunity to not only open up for like, uh, like the, the the viewing of the show for fans and stuff like that, but even just like. Shit! If somebody's at home watching the show, getting a you know a similar experience from far away or wherever, and then you have like a link to your digital fucking merch table yeah. right there, you know, and then everybody's kind of uh, you yeah. know making out good I didn't at the even end think of it. That, yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of
2: it's an interesting idea, man. I hope. It, I hope it well, happens. the way like sports kind of evolves, it's been fascinating to see all the uh, adaptation to this. It has been fascinating.
1: The way sports and, fans, and there's been a lot of
2: bands that did a lot of cool things, and I, I, I have to tip my hat off to everyone for trying to be as creative as possible doing something that I don't think any band has ever thought of being in these shoes and a position before. For, oh, for, for sure, sure. Yeah. as a whole, industry.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the way sports fans click through, like, uh, different basketball games and college games and all that sort of thing. Yeah. You might be able to click what's going on at St. Vitus, what's going on at Reggie's Rock Club in Chicago. You know what's going on here and there. You we're, know? we're
0: talking about bringing music television back. Is that what we're trying? Well, to? Oh my I, gosh.
1: I mean, <laughs> like live venue s- service, I don't know, man. It's I, it's, I love it's it. bigger than my imagination. Cause yeah, it's, I'm getting anxiety trying to figure out how to do it, but I yeah. know it would be cool. We might well, have to edit all this out and start making yeah. some calls. Yeah, Rob, we're gonna. We might have to have you sign an <laughs> NBA. NDA. <before Yeah>.
0: We- <laughs> uh Uh,
1: so so all right well we've we've had you guys on for a while i want to give you the opportunity is there anything we didn't bring up about your new upcoming album that you want to talk about uh any features um on it or or selling points that you want to that we didn't get into i'm
2: I'm trying to think how about you harry
3: (laughs) (laughs) i mean not there's no there's no features on this album which uh the last two there was um I was actually thinking about that the other day. I'm kind of glad that we didn't and just kind of kept to ourselves. It, uh, um, but yeah, other, other than that, there's uh, there's nothing really that stands out other than you know, once you hear the album, there it is. But it's
2: meat and potatoes. Yeah, honestly. I, well, I think there's a lot of stuff there for everyone. I think there's going to be stuff people are going to be like, oh, I'm so glad they started doing that kind of stuff again. And I think there's going to be stuff where people are going to be like, wow, they tried that, like, that's crazy. But, uh, you know, I'm very proud of everyone in the band. You know, everyone contributed, everyone really put their time and, and, you know, heart into it. I think more than ever, I think we were really focused. And uh, I'm super excited, you know, because I want everyone to like it. But, uh, you know, I I can't say enough good things about it. I'm excited. I think think another thing that was cool is we put a lot into the music videos. There's, you know, because we got two more. I, I don't know when this is going to come out, but like To Feed the Worms has a video. And then uh, we've got, a, I think everyone's really going to be like, holy shit, at the uh, the last video we're going to be dropping.
0: <laughs> Are okay. they, they all done with Tony?
2: No. Uh, Eric DiCarlo is the guy that filmed the green screen one for Tony. He filmed the To Feed the Worms video. And this guy, Jack Greenman, uh, from Baltimore, did the video for um, From the Depths, and that comes out the day of the
1: CD is released. You, got, you guys booked for any live events? Uh, people are starting to book live shows uh, now, I see. We're work, working
2: on tours for next year, but uh, nothing for this year. I mean, Harry's on the road for work, and we don't really want to play anything until Harry's done work, and that's mm-hmm. not till like, November. So we're pretty much chilling until a minimum November. Okay.
1: Well, we do have uh, <clears throat> one uh, Patreon um, uh, supporter has two questions for you. Um, so we're going to get into that right now. K- shout out to Kent he long-time uh, supporter of the Heavy Hole Podcast, wants to know, one, Rob, what's your most prized Super Nintendo cartridge in your collection? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-
2: my Chrono Trigger
1: Ooh, that I
2: got when Chrono Trigger first came out nice. back in the day. I bought it for $50 brand new. Uh, I don't have the box anymore. I just got the cartridge. But it's the original when it came out. I didn't buy it online or nothing like that. I bought yeah. it when it came out, and nobody knew what that game was. No I no just only. knew it was a uh, Squaresoft game, and I was like, I'm going to buy it.
1: You yeah, didn't get it off of Discogs. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> Num- number 2. What was the best 16-bit era wrestling game? Saturday Night is the correct answer by the way.
2: Saturday Night is the correct answer. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Justin, you night. Yeah, uh, You know why it's called Saturday Night? Cuz it's the Slam Masters.
1: The slam Masters. Yeah, I
2: don't uh, I don't have an answer for this right
1: now. All right. All right. I feel like Justin's got a hot hot take on that one, man. All right. Analog wrestling only. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, day. We'll, we'll get into. it. Justin doesn't like it when you praise no, the old school tw- wrestling. What, what do you mean? Like, I, like, <laughs> what do you mean? like, if I'm like, I'm, if I'm like, yeah, I, I like wrestling a lot in the '80s. Justin's like, why you got a problem with Impact wrestling? <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no. at all. that is
0: so exaggerated. Just, <laughs> like, I, I I, love like I, all, like, I have a
1: problem with people shitting on new wrestling. And saying that the demo was better. Like one time, I was like, "Yeah, wrestle." Like, like one time, I was like, "Yeah, I haven't really seen a lot of WrestleManias past 10 And Justin was like, "Why the fuck does everyone gotta shit on Kenny Omega? What's your problem?" <laughs> he got like super aggressive with me. That's that's a little more accurate. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah like it's. Uh, right. Nah, Kenny Omega's
0: ruined the business, man. I like the fucking Vince McMahon demo
1: better. <laughs> <was my> best. <laughs> all right, so Chrono Trigger and Vince McMahon available on Discogs. According to this conversation, <laughs> going off the rails again. Uh Harry and Rob man uh we thank both of you guys for your time and before we get you out of here both of you guys got a run down uh an old and a new album to recommend to us and the listeners. And you can't mm-hmm. tag... Ju- like, we had a little episode a few weeks ago when someone asked us top five Canadian bands and Tom and Justin tried to, like, do a, a dual team top five yeah. while I wasn't looking <laughs> and I caught them. I like, was while, like, On the air. I oh. mean,
0: it's, that's not exactly the
1: truth, but... You were trying to build also, a list together. It was an open podcast Yeah, I don't want any of that type of nonsense tonight. I want Rob to give me Old and new band. I want Harry to give me old and new band. And
0: there are no wrong answers.
1: Yeah, there's no yeah. wrong answers unless Rob <laughs> recommends a cognitive album. Then I'm then we're then we're hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Harry, you can go first, Harry. All right, old and new.
3: Um, I guess since I've been listening to it nonstop lately, I'll go old. Uh, decapitated, the negation. Oh wow. Yeah, dog.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's a that's the right that's the right answer. That is right. Yeah, uh, that's, five, uh, five points to you on
2: the uh, mm, correct order. That's family. an AS
3: beater of an album. That just rips on, riffs on, rips. That fog is just mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
3: um, one of
0: the finest albums.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: In my so, yeah. Hell
3: yeah, huge, huge influence. Can't play a lick of what he plays, but it's amazing. You gotta drink that more. dude. That dude's right hand is, it, it's just incredible. Yeah, His first three albums by them have just yeah blown oh, my mind still to this day oh yeah imagine being a child and
0: writing uh, winds of creation just <laughs> yeah no
3: well yeah how old were they 18 19 younger some, like, something like six
0: that? yeah 16 uh, something like, yeah, something oh like that. my god
3: yeah, yeah i think that.
0: they were all I think, <laughs> I think vitek was like 15 or something playing those drums just like come on man That's crazy give us a chance
1: he that's, was probably grounded a lot.
0: Too. Yeah, maybe he was just grounded. Imagine grounded
3: a lot. If he was still around to this day, what they would be like? Because they still have glimpses, you know, of their former self. But yeah, mm-hmm. then they go off on a tangent. Like, I'll, I'll still listen to him. But
0: I mean, "Organic Lucinosis" is you know, yeah. a beautiful record too.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, okay. um, as far as a new, um, that new alluvial is awesome to me i i love wes hauck as a guitar player also a huge inspiration and the fact that they just added uh what's his name kevin muller on vocals instead of just being like a instrumental band which i love their first album that they put out but just having the vocals and that different dynamic to it just really brought it to a whole new level all right you.
0: Cool. I got.
1: I got to familiarize myself.
0: with Yeah, Wes Hawk plays a lot of. He he's a monster on guitar too. Yeah, great player. Yeah, I got to listen more of that. Yeah. All
3: right. You, oh my god, I lost you guys for a minute. I am so sorry. Are you vacuuming? So you didn't even you didn't even hear my fucking album. Sorry. <laughs> All
0: right, this makes it better. Now yeah, this is since great, You yeah. didn't hear Harry's albums. What are your albums? And if they match up, Man,
2: I, I wish I knew what you said. This no, like yeah, a so new Rob game.
1: Old, <laughs> Rob one. One old album, one new album, uh, cognitive albums are not allowed. Mm-hmm. Top five answers okay. on the board.
2: <laughs> I, I'm going to hit you. Uh, old, Orbit Angel, Blessed are the Sick. Oh, wow. Okay. There you
1: go. That's as close to the demo as as I, I'm – that's <laughs> closer to the demo than I thought Rob would go. I, I, I've been on a big kick with that one lately. It's a good
2: album. <laughs> Can that be the new tagline for the podcast? Close to the demo. <laughs>
1: Close to the demo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they were pissed on that album. They were pissed on that record. uh yeah. been jamming that one, and then new. This is newer. Is uh, oh, man, just say it. Distant Tomb. Distant Tomb.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Was really. That I, I.
2: That was a big influence on the new record, at least for me, writing wise, and. Right. Uh, I it's think that nice. that band's like really got some really unique concepts, and they they remind me of Ulcerate and disgorge together. And I really like what they do. Mm. Fucking Australia, man. Yeah, something in the water. There. That band's really good.
0: That band is really impressive. Awesome band. Yeah, I like the cover art too. Yeah. Um, that new uh, record's Misery, right?
2: Not sure. I'm kind of blanking. Uh, I remember you brought it in. Uh, yeah yeah i think it's misery i, I can't even remember and then they got that single broken under your so- uh, sign of atonement that just came out even more recently uh, i'm the trying to remember i mean if, if you're a
0: fan that's of that one um oh that's a brand new one yeah uh broken under your symbol of atonement is a brand new one the most recent is the decaying light yeah
2: that's the one that yeah. was the one that i've really been i mean all of them are good yeah. all of them are good but uh, that single and the decaying light have been, like, really special to me lately. Fuck, yeah. Um, I would like to shout out, though, I'm really excited for the new Replicant. Record.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just had Pete on, the listeners. So If they missed that one, they can go back and check out. Just a few weeks ago, we had Pete from Replicant on. Shout, shout out to him. Um, also,
0: I'm I really just, excited. Rob, I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, so, the dude in... Um, the bass player in Distant Tomb—he's in a band called uh, Involuntary Convulsions. Yes. Yeah.
2: And like—is that the one with all the songs are like ten and twenty seconds
0: long? No, no, no. It's it's more like um, it's a it's more akin to like Defeated Sanity and. Um, uh,
2: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That band. I, okay, I know what you're talking about. Mike Mayo showed me on.
0: Yeah, th- th- it's like um, it's cool to listen to that band and the Distant Tomb because they both kind of relate to each other. There's like you can tell that there's something. Um, very much the same in some of the songwriting, but um, it, totally different projects at the same
2: time. It's cool. Um, yeah, them them guys know their shit, man. Yeah, they the, the, really band do. rips. Absolutely. I, I like finding new bands or new newer bands that are super inspiring. Because, like, obviously we all grew up on, you know, the Deaths, the Morbid Angels, the Obituaries and all. So it's cool when something, you know, fairly new comes out and you're like, wow, this... Because, like, especially as I get older... I'm like, oh, I don't want to find nothing new. I know what I like, and like yeah. something like that comes out, and you're like, wow, this is really captivating.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, the podcast has been kind of like a blessing for me, like that man, because it, it forces me to keep an open mind with newer stuff that comes out and younger bands. You know. I remember you were really excited about Wormhole when you checked them out. You're like, this is really good. Yeah, I was like, I like you told me to check them out, so I slept on it and didn't check them out. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, As we all do to each other. Then, no, I'm just kidding. I'm busting balls. But yeah, no, no. Uh, great, great band, man. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to Wormhole. Uh, of course, we interviewed them. You can go back in the store episode with them. Um, and Yeah, man. And and just there's a lot of lot of great new talent. That's why we try to mix in younger artists uh, every once in a while, man. But it was great talking to you guys tonight and to catch up a little bit with Harry, because uh, we, we already had our episode with Rob once, man. Um, so, you know, we asked you uh, a lot about uh, the, the other albums and Harry joining the band. We talked about your recommendations. Uh, one more plug for Malevolent Thoughts of a Hastened Extinction out on Uniquely to Records, July 16th of this year, your new album. Um, people can check out the video for the single ENIAC. Uh, the, the, the video is on YouTube that we talked about at length. Two more videos coming, apparently. Uh, hopefully, you guys keep your clothes on in all three of them. That would be a great trilogy. Um <laughs> Is there anything that we didn't cover? Any uh, final words for cognitive fans and listeners of our podcast?
3: Um, I guess I just, you know, I'm really excited about uh, the new album coming out July 16th. And, you know, uh, uh, I hope everyone enjoys it as much as we enjoyed writing it. And, uh, you know, I hope they, I hope they see in it what we, what we did in the final product. I think it's some of our uh, best material to date, which everyone does. But you know, just really excited to get this out of there and get back on the road.
2: Yeah, yeah. God, I can't wait to do that. It yeah, just, I hope everyone digs the record, and you know, if it's not us, buy merch from someone else. At this point, like support everyone, all the bands. The venues, everyone needs it. That the crew, everyone.
1: Have <laughs> you
0: whole podcast it's, it's shirts available? It's been right? a hell of a year and a half. <clears throat>
2: yeah, yeah we, haven't,
0: not, we haven't been able to tour either. I
1: know. Yeah, it's yeah heavy yeah, whole podcast uh, Shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just playing. But yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I know you guys have merch available on Masker merch, right?
2: We got that, and then we've got uh, the indie merch store going with all the pre-orders for the new record. And uh, by the time this comes out, we. have probably will have the other designs up for the new record that aren't out yet
1: in 4x right whatever you need will <laughs>
2: <laughs> whatever right. you need
1: we got you i might you need know a, that. i might need a fisherman hat too man let's see what happens <laughs> uh, I, I, might, I, I haven't gotten out fishing all right uh well listen in the meantime uh thank you very much for your time um rob tell your dad uh i wish him all the best this summer um all the blts uh that his dreams can carry uh and thank (laughs) you very much guys thank you well he'll appreciate that yeah i i I mailed you back to tupperware right yeah (laughs) Yeah, right (laughs) i gave you back the tupperware okay good
0: Hey, listeners, here's uh, Rob leaving a voicemail for us, answering a couple questions from Sam and Matt on Patreon. Uh, figured we had to throw them on here because we missed it during the episode. So shout out to Sam and Matt and Rob and Harry for being on the show. Check it out.
2: Um. Yeah, I know we got Sam Marino here asking me, on um, which show's slowly coming back, which bands are on my list to gig with. Uh, also, thanks for thinking it was sick. Um... Man, there's so many good bands. I know, like, lately we really want to get with Rivers of Nile, Surreption, Alluvial, Cattle Decapitation. Uh, so many good bands. There's so many good bands out there we want to get up with now. Uh, Skeletal Remains is another real sick one. Anyone that's just good, sick, and heavy, man. Uh, Vitriol is another good band we're into. So, uh, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on some of this. Atheist, Archfire is another band we really want to get out there with, so you know. There's definitely bands we're hungry to tour with. And then, uh, Matt, NJ's had a lot of sick metal bands. What are your top 10 active bands? Okay. To answer your question, New Jersey does have a sick one, but I'm going to throw in Philly bands. Just because Jersey and Philly are so close and we kind of share the same scene sometimes. In no water here. I've got Ground, Jesus Peace, Tombs, oh, let me sing Hat. Our drummer's in that band as well, plays drums, writes a lot of guitar. Uh, Bandit, World Below, Shout Out Jordan, Replicant. Super, super sick band with their new album coming out real soon. I'm really in there with what they're doing lately. Um, a band called Embludgment. They're like super good, brutal tech. Really sick band. Uh Illustrium just put out a really good album. And uh Prosper or Perish. That would have to be my top ten, at least off the top of my head right now.
1: Okay, thank you to today's guests, Rob Wharton and Harry Lannon of uh, New Jersey-based death metal band Cognitive for joining us um, and uh, for all of their candor and their thoughts on their uh, malevolent thoughts of a Hasten Extinction album coming out July 16th on Unique Leader Records. We already plugged all the videos and everything that's going to be coming out about it. Uh, make sure to keep your eyes and your ears peeled. Uh, great to have Rob back. You can always go back and listen to uh, Rob's other episode if you want a little bit more insight into the history of Cognitive. Man, good guys. Good to have them on
0: absolutely man yeah. love chatting with rob
1: yeah. yeah that was super fun new, new jersey's kind of like alternate reality long island sometimes man. yeah get along get along with them down there
0: absolutely it was nice meeting harry too man
1: yeah so shout out to him
0: really solid uh northeast band to get excited about
1: yeah i talk about northeast i'm just glad justin that your cognitive function uh, is is a little bit better after those those braving those northeast waters and sleeping on that northeast sand? Uh, yeah, the
0: other day. Yeah, we're coming back. You know, yeah. a little little cross brought the southern tequila that really uh, did did me over. But you know, okay. listen, balance that with the sand. Yeah, that's, that's all you got to do. So it's uh, yeah, thanks, man, flushing it up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I see you got What are, what are those considered dead Gorguts shorts?
0: Yeah, yeah, these are fun.
1: Yeah, Do you wear those to the beach? No. I won't. I will not wear it. because no, yeah, don't want I, it to depreciate in value. Right? I don't want to get I don't want to get my
0: fish guts on them.
1: Yeah, don't want to depreciate in value, man. I wanna
0: get the, the blood of my catches on. You, gotta them, you know that, what I mean? Keep that shit fresh for catches. the mortgage payment, right? I wear these to bed sometimes. Yeah.
1: Nice <laughs> yeah, yeah. and comfortable. I these
0: these were fifteen dollars. These, these are the cheapest pair.
1: I'm joking, I'm busting <laughs> balls, man. I wouldn't wear those to bed anyway. Man. Wait, those were fifteen bucks? Yeah.
0: I just bought these old navy joints for eighteen. I feel like a sucker, right? Wow, dude. I feel like a real sucker. Yeah, well, they look good. They yeah. are comfortable. They are good. I can't talk shit, but vintage, I would like
1: some considered dead. <laughs> vintage Gore Guts shorts. shorts available at Burlington Coat Factory right next to the Fila <laughs> jogging shorts. I love it. It's great. <laughs> I, can, I can get my uncle some new shower sa- shoes and uh, pick up, up some Gore Guts gear, man. It's great. <laughs> Where else? But Well, it would be Burlington, right? It's closer to, closer to Canada. Um, listen, I, I feel closer to cognitive. After tonight's interview mm-hmm. yes. And if you want to feel closer to the Heavy Hole Podcast You can join us at heavyholepodcast.com All the links are there We're on all the social medias it's The ones true. that matter uh, You know, you like getting zucked We're on the old Facebook You do it for the gram We're, we're not 21 years old We're, we're not rich kids But we're on there anyway
0: Twitter truly is a cesspool So I check it from time to time I stay out of that Yeah, I you know. should I log into Twitter to see what activity is happening in the heavy metal world and all the people I've followed, and I keep seeing Buck Cherry being thrown around by earache. Uh, like, yo. Uh, with, with, dude, they have thousands and thousands of followers, and they yo. are getting no likes on that shit. It is so dude,
1: rewarding. Yo, earache on the Instagram, I see this. Earache has been pushing Buck Cherry like, they just reissued Nocturnus on vinyl and cassette or some shit. Like, they, they're they pushing Buck. Uh, what reaction is Eric looking for? Not a good one. What, like, is this a, is this a, did they get the idea? Like, maybe the Sanguasugabog uh, memeing your way to the top kind of thing. Like, maybe Eric, like, misinterpreted that, and they're trying to meme the scene by putting Buck Cherry out. I'm going to do them a favor and start retweeting them. <clears throat>
0: Yeah. Only, only on Buck Cherry um, related posts, I might write something. It might be an honest opinion.
1: I, people might think that Heavy Hole podcast that it's it's me. I've I've been trolling them on Instagram. Right, but when they do those Buck Cherry posts, it's like a it's like an honest hot take. Like I'll just write. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? (laughs) Like, what the fuck is going on?
0: I'm going to start doing that now on Twitter. I think I did one the other day. I retweeted it, and it was uh, was something to the effect of, what are you doing? Yeah, I
1: reminded them a few times that they still haven't repressed Nocturnist thresholds on vinyl every time, like, because they're pushing... Buckcherry. So
0: uh, that's Buckcherry's new album, Hellbound, uh, coming out later this year on Earache, Earache Records. Put them on
1: Earache. Yeah. Get, the, get the Dennis Leary guy on the
0: phone. <laughs> Let's get him. Yeah, tattooed oh, Dennis oh. Leary's son. You can uh, pre order Buckcherry's new album uh, for a chance to win one of 10 lyric sheets. Uh Jesus Handwritten. Gross. Wow! Yeah, by Josh Todd. There might, those are two first names, and for one person, is Josh Todd the lead vocalist? I is at least the lead
1: lyricist. That's the character Dennis Leary is playing in the new Earache movie. When yes. that
0: raffle draws over, there'll probably be three or four of those lyric sheets left.
1: You, we got. We listen. We know how the record labels work. If we wanted to interview Buckcherry, <clears> we'd have to interview like three or four bands that are like less. Metal and less popular than Buck Cherry on here, like that's how it works. That's Dude, how it works. These yeah. jo- record labels. I'm on yeah. Josh
0: Todd official. Seems yeah. like he's catching some uh, big mouth bass out
1: there. Don't ruin it. He's Justin. a charlatan. I don't want like, in the
0: store. He bought it in like the store.
1: Him. I don't want to like that man. I want to hate him. It's the internet. I want to <laughs> hate people.
0: Yeah, right. What have we been taught? We've been taught to listen to cognitive. Yeah, here's Josh to Todd me. with the cute dog. Uh,
1: all right, now I'm back to hating him. Look, I, all <laughs> I'm saying earache like what are they doing century media went ahead and signed some young up and coming like brutal caveman death metal bands at least they're trying to stick with like what what earache with the buck cherry this is turning into our vent episode speaking of which you can follow and support heavy hole podcast on patreon and get all of the venting all of the complaining and a lot of other bonus content uh, that you that you may want in your life. So support us on Patreon, there's different tiers. Go check that out. Sometimes we let you interject into the conversation. We let mm-hmm. you know who's coming on the show. You put a question in there. Uh, you can ask Buck Cherry a question when when I book them. Maybe I I don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just yeah.
0: Just know uh, at least one hundred dollars from uh from the Patreon uh, fund uh, from all you uh, helpful listeners will go into uh, me purchasing a. Personalized cameo for Big Will's birthday by Josh Todd, singer of Buck Cherry, uh, only for one hundred
1: dollars. Oh, God. that's it! What a deal, dude, <laughs> dude! Just give me Rescue Me, the DVD set, man. <laughs> All right, enough about enough cracking on Buck. Shout yeah, shout to Buck Cherry. All right, yeah, shout shout to shout to Earache Records, bringing real American rock uh, back. Finally, I, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you know what? Like, they have so much classic old school, like grindcore, like not just Napalm Death and Carcass, but there's stuff people don't know that they could reissue. Okay, there's a whole nother podcast. Mm-hmm. Alright, um, anyway, thank you for joining us tonight, our discussion with Harry Landon and Rob Wharton of Cognitive. We said the new album, I'm not saying again. You better go buy it, check it out, watch the videos, go on our Patreon, listen to me complain about Buck Cherry, support us, support him, support me, support everybody. I, I'm getting very nice support from my uh, 3X Hanes underwear, uh, how you guys doing? Everybody good? Yeah, I can't complain, man. Okay, uh, listen, we had two guitarists uh, from Cognitive on this time. If you go back and you want a little bit more to get filled in on the history of the band Cognitive, go back. Go back and listen to the first episode we did them. Uh, how many guitarists were on that one, Justin? There's one. Oh.